Welcome to episode 300 of Grid Talk. Today we are here to review the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix Sprint Race, not qualifying. Um, but my name is Ruby Price and joining me we have Grid Talk co-host Louis Edwards, I think. Hello. <laughs> and Aaron Harper from AHGP. Hello. Um, before we get into the episode, we must thank our sponsor for this episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds and lines and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games. Available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. But first, if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're one of the 72% of people who aren't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider helping us out with a like and a subscribe. And just before we start looking at the sprint, a cheeky plug for our brand new social channels. Uh, you can find us on the socials at Grid Talk UK. And don't miss us in Manchester on Sunday, tomorrow, for Grid Talk Live, where we'll be hosting a watch-along of the Austrian Grand Prix race and recording a podcast afterwards. See more details from that on social media. So it was Sprint Saturday in Austria today, and in a rain-affected session, we saw half the grid switch to slicks for a final hand few of laps, whilst the other half attempted to stick it out on the, to the end on the Inters. But there was a driver in a category of his own today after forcing his way past his teammate at turn three. Max Verstappen built up an unassailable gap and crossed the line 21 seconds ahead of teammate Sergio Perez. Louis, firstly, what did you make of the first lap racing between the two? I mean, it's the definition of uh, tough, but I think it was overall it was fair. You know, um, you know, they both gave a bit of, you know, push and, um, push and shove. And I think both drivers got what they got, you know, Perez, you know, sent it up the inside at turn one, pushed Max a bit wide. He wasn't having it. Then did push, put Max on the grass uh, very briefly as he went to race alongside. And then Max, you know, came back with, you know, a signature. Well, no, I'm going <laughs> to, I mean, if you push me off, I'm going to push you off as equally. Um it was good though, and at the end of the day, you know, it was side by side. It was tough racing. Both drivers aren't going to be happy with it. Naturally, their F1 drivers are never happy, but um, it, it happened. They both got through it cleanly. If there was actual contact or actual crashes, I think we may, you know, need to have a look at it a little further. But it's lap one. Things like this happen. It was wet. You could see that Max, especially in turn three did not have a lot of um, grip on his rear. He was really fighting the car. I don't think he meant to um, go as deep into turn three as he did, but it's racing. It happens and uh, it's time to, you know, to hit the reset button and Perez is going to have to deal with a lot more tomorrow starting 15th. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron, they did sort of just about keep it within the white lines, unlike both of them obviously managed to do at times this morning and yesterday. Um, what did you think of uh, the first lap incident as well? Just to mirror, obviously, what Louis has been saying, but um, Sergio Perez taking so long to get past Nico Hulkenberg as well. What was going on with Checo today? Uh, well, the, the first 
the first corner was was good from Checo. He he got his elbows out and he made sure he got the apex into turn one because he could have backed out when when Verstappen squeezed him. It was the old Schumacher Vettel sort of chop across from the from the pole position. Uh, but he got himself into the lead and then the the, the run down the run, well, up the straight up the hill to turn three is a tricky one because of the spray. It's quite easy to to lose a car in the mirrors and we know these mirrors on Formula One cars aren't really worth their name. So I think even Christian Horner kind of gave Perez the benefit of the doubt. I think Verstappen needs to, in that situation, maybe realise he's got such a big championship lead. It's a sprint race. He doesn't need to to have a collision. He just, you know, that, that little bit of circumspect about him. And then I think he was out of control into the, the, the third corner at the top of the hill, but they were all losing control, to be fair. So, you know... It, it was one of those things, and we all got away with it. No, no one had any damage, and they all got away with it. But it did allow Hulkenberg to get into second place, and Perez took his time getting through, and that cost him any chance of of winning the sprint. But honestly, unless even if he'd come out of turn three in the lead, I don't think he'd have had enough to keep Verstappen behind. I think it just shows the level difference between Verstappen and Perez, especially in the way it gets exaggerated. And like Louis mentioned, Perez has got a big, big job tomorrow to salvage even a podium. And that should be the bare minimum considering how good that car is. It's just pretty much every circuit. So, yeah, it's a tough day for for Perez because he needed to win to sort of give himself some momentum. But, you know, he's fighting an uphill battle against Verstappen in the rain. And Max is very, very good in the wet. So, should probably just be pleased with P2 and that he didn't exceed track limits uh, too many times. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, a 1-2 in their home race, in the sprint, you know, if they can have that tomorrow, I mean, it'll silence a lot of Perez critics, but, you know, whether that's actually going to happen or not will be, you know, we'll see tomorrow. Um, Louis, uh, we heard, um, well, basically, we didn't hear much from Carlos Sainz, actually. Um, he, did keep a clean race, came home in P3, just two seconds off Perez. Um, a strong uh, finish in the sprint from the driver, whose race very much went up in flames here last season. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, you could also so, <laughs> say it also went a bit rolling. Um, it was like rolling uh, downhill. But um, yeah, no, um, Carlos kind of just did what he normally does in in a re- race weekend, he keeps it clean, keeps it tidy, you know, and just does the best he can. Um, I think he um, he did look a bit off the pace of the front three for some time, uh, but I think that was probably just a lot of tyre saving, making sure that it was, um, you know, just making sure he had enough tyre grip to, to go the whole race distance. And ultimately it paid off when Hulkenberg um, started, you know, falling off a bit. He took, you know, full advantage of it. He didn't really need to, to pressure Checo. You know, he was in a good, you know, solid position, didn't need to push um, much further. And I think, it, you know, it's a good um, good omen for Ferrari tomorrow. You know, they've got both him and Leclerc in good position starting tomorrow it's going to be a little less of a of a scrap than it was um today and you know if there are changeable conditions if there is maybe a bit of rain tomorrow ferrari can definitely be up there definitely challenging for a podium 
Yeah, absolutely. A smooth operation from the smooth operator, as Aaron has said um, to us in our chat. Uh, Aaron, we uh, heard Lance Stroll come on the radio with about eight laps to go, suggesting that Alonso should hold station behind him so they didn't lose time fighting each other. Uh, They finished fourth and fifth and bagged a nice chunk of points, which will help them in their fight with Mercedes for P2 in the championship. Um, But was it a good showing from Aston Martin today who, you know, needed a good result? Yeah, in the context of the constructors' championship, it's a it's a positive step for them. It's not a huge amount of points because there's obviously reduced points for the sprint, but it's positive for tomorrow. And especially with, with Lance getting his elbows out against Alonso, I thought that was quite fun to see them battling at the end. Um, it's always fun to see teammates sort of duking it out because you you know they've got very similar, if not the same, machinery. It's just set up slightly differently. Um, so it's always interesting to see how each driver works it. Uh, Lance said in his, his post-race that it was probably him struggling with tyres and Fernando looking after his tyres a bit more early on that, that sort of brought them together like that. And we, we're hearing these, these radio messages at Aston Martin, aren't we? Oh, I'm not going to attack Lance. Um, oh, don't, 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 don't let Fernando fight me because we, we don't want to lose time. It's all lovey-dovey, isn't it? And, you know, just let's see tomorrow if, you know, they bang wheels, how long it stays all you know happy families and, and everything and Alonso's the adopted son of, of of Aston Martin and the strolls so it's going to be because they're, they're, they're together on the grid it's going to be very interesting to see how those first few laps play out and especially if the strategy is similar and again if there's rain Lance tends to go quite well in the wet so lots to look out for at Aston Martin and, and that, that storyline that, that we saw towards the end of this race can carry through into tomorrow's Grand Prix yeah, we did basically see Alonso pushing Stroll across the line at the end. Um, I was wondering as to whether if it was another team ahead of him, I think Alonso would have made a, a bit of a late move at some point during that lap. But just behind them in the end, Nico Hulkenberg, uh, the first runner on the, well, the first of the you know runners to finish on the slick tyres, Louis, um, switched to the mediums. Looks like pretty much the right decision because he was losing a lot of time before he boxed for the slicks. Yeah, they were saying in the commentary for the race that uh, like just before the race that the Haas has a um, a tendency to overheat its tyres, just be really unkind on it. And I think that's exactly what we saw. I think Hulkenberg was doing the best he could to try and nerve the tyres. But eventually um, Checo, who we know is a lot kinder on his tyres and then signs behind to uh, probably had the ability to nurse them a lot easier. Um, just allowed um, them to to pass him with no real uh, fight back from Hulkenberg. It was he was kind of just going to drop like an absolute stone if he he continued out on those intermediates. And he came he came in, you know, bolted a set of slicks on, and it and it ultimately saved his race because I think he would have been one who would have lost out significantly if he had stayed out on the intermediates. Um, but I don't think Hulkenberg will be disappointed by today's race. I think even if he did get in the top three, it's, you know, it meant actually very little considering it wouldn't actually be a, a number one on his podium score. It would still read zero. So it's not um, something that's going to bother him too much. But, you know, he's come away. He's got good points, um, making sure that his team is still competitive in this Constructor Championship. And, 
let's not forget he's in a pretty good position tomorrow. So he's um he's gonna take a lot of confidence from this, know that this house can score points, and then hopefully try and translate that into even more points tomorrow. Absolutely. And it was a strong showing here as well for the Haas cars last season. So, you know, that's another thing to remember. Their car has historically gone rather well around this circuit. Aaron, just behind Nico Hulkenberg uh, was Esteban Ocon, who very much only just about um, was behind Nico Hulkenberg, a sprint to the finish in the sprint race. Um, Yeah, tell me about Esteban Ocon's sprint. Well, we saw the best of Esteban, didn't we? Well, depending on which way you look at it, it's the best or the worst because he is a very difficult driver to overtake. And he sometimes he, and I think this is what Anthony Davidson said, he, he takes it to the limit and he always takes it to the limit in terms of his defence, which is fair enough. And sometimes there's a little bit of contact and we've seen that go wrong before with Perez and Alonso and uh, not necessarily with Gasly in Australia, but just give it a few weeks and they'll... they'll <laughs> They'll stop being buddies at Alpine as well. And that rivalry will start really brewing. But he was well within his rights to defend against Leclerc and Norris. And he did a good job. And I think we're really seeing uh, an Esteban Ocon that's full of confidence in a rich vein of form. He knows what he wants to do with the car. He's getting probably as much out of it as you could probably get out of it if you're not, say, a Verstappen or a Hamilton or maybe Alonso, perhaps Leclerc could get a little bit more out of it in terms of speed. But, you know, he's doing a perfectly good job and he's ahead of Gasly more often than not. I mean, Gasly, where did he finish? I'm having to scroll down to find Gasly. There you go. There's the answer. So Ocon, a couple of points for the sprint race and I believe he's in a decent position tomorrow to do something. Or did, did he get knocked out in Q2? I can't remember. So many drivers lost their lap times. I can't keep up. I don't know where anyone starts tomorrow. Um but yeah, today, very good defensive drive, hung it out on the inters and got himself a couple of points. So you can't really say fairer than that. Did a, a, a solid job. Absolutely. A very solid job from Esteban Ocon today. And just behind him then, Louis, George Russell, the first of the drivers to box for the slicks. And, you know, at first it looked a little bit questionable, but... Once those slicks like heated up, the pace was there. He was five seconds a lap quicker than Lando Norris in P7 at times. And he's finished ahead of Lando and could have finished ahead of Ocon as well. Um, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was nine thousandths of a second um, from getting uh, Esteban Ocon, which I think you'll be slightly irritated about. But it was a very good recovery from just Mercedes in general. They were kind of looking a little bit out of it. They were scrappy with Magnussen. They kind of got to the back of the Ocon train. Um, And it didn't look like there was going to be any movement in that Ocon train. He was doing very well to keep everyone behind and... It was obvious that Lando and Charles in front of them were going to be quick enough to keep um, to basically keep the two Mercs at bay. So it was a needed, um, you know, make or break move for Mercedes. And you know, George Russell was points. It was a very good sort of manager on the early um, laps on those softs, given that you know the entry to turn nine was still quite damp. And given its high-speed nature, could have easily ended in quite a nasty crash if if something had gone wrong. But no, you can't um, you can't really knock George Russell for 
what he managed, uh, given that the qualifying, well, qualifying this morning was uh, far from great. And his, of course, his qualifying yesterday wasn't um, wasn't the best either. So it'll give him a lot of confidence. He knows that the Merck, who you know isn't the best around this track, does seem to be able to at least fight with the likes of the McLarens, the Ferraris, and it could possibly end up translating into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it did look a little bit off when Land when Lewis Hamilton managed to, you know, out overcut him, um, you know, by staying out on the inters for a lap longer. But as soon as those tires warmed up, he was straight back past and ahead of his teammate on the straights. Lando Norris and Aaron. Um, what again, you know, this is just another race where we've seen Lando Norris starting right at the front and before the end of the first lap he's lost out but you know ultimately racing around p10 p9 we did see him in a fight with leclerc for most of it but the red bulls just put him back um after their little scrap into turn three didn't it uh petition to get the two red bulls disqualified because they they uh got in Lando norris's way much to the dismay of everybody who wears papaya orange um, I genuinely thought he was about to do a little switch back and grab the lead, but um, he ended up going to a position with a number one, but there was followed a, a zero, um, unfortunately. But look, let's let's look at the, the positives for Lando and McLaren. The pace is there. They were clearly quick enough to hang with a Ferrari. Um, they weren't like falling back from Alpine either. And I think if they got Lando in first, sort of when George Russell went in, You'd have seen him light up the tyres and he'd have gone through with, with George as well. So it would have been quite interesting to see them two duking it out on the track. But the pace is there for Lando and he starts P4 tomorrow. So promising signs, but he'll be cursing the rain because every time it rains and he's in a decent position, it just washes away. Yeah, I think he'll be taking a slightly different line into turn three tomorrow, um, provided he gets away well. Lewis Hamilton then, Louis, P10, was not happy this morning after um, obviously falling afoul to the track limits. Um, but as we were saying about Checo yesterday, you've got to stay in the white lines. Um, but he did say he was going to have some fun today. And after passing Magnussen, it did look like he had some fun. Yeah, he did say he was having some fun after, um, of course, saying that the ultimately the sprints didn't matter. and. Um, well, it was a sprint race that kept him in the um, the championship hunt in 2021, so maybe you should be slightly bit more uh grateful, but um, no, it was it was um, probably slightly unruly for Hamilton that he'll finish 10th. I think he'll be slightly disappointed that um, he did uh, finish so far behind his teammate. I think he would be um, wanting to finish a little bit closer to George and um. You know, at least get past um, Norris, and but at the end, it's um, he can't be really too disappointed today. Tomorrow's another day. You know, tomorrow's where he is not only starting well within the points, but he has a great chance of of getting some big points. It just didn't really work out for him this morning um, out in Cube One. So, um, it's it's something that Lewis won't be too worried about. It's he knows she's it's not fighting for a championship so you know this loss of points isn't going to be like uh, 
like most drivers who uh, this season has probably just accepted that get the points where you can, but make sure that you keep it clean. Didn't take anyone out, kept the car uh, fit and sort of race ready for tomorrow. So he could actually go out and potentially get a podium. Yeah, definitely. The fight for Lewis Hamilton was generally tomorrow, but a good recovery, as you said earlier, from Mercedes in general today. Looking at the second McLaren, because uh, it's been McLaren, Mercedes, McLaren, Mercedes. Aaron, um, Oscar Piastri boxed for the slicks and was probably one of the last drivers who could box on the slicks and make like the some time up. And ultimately, we did see him, you know, jumping up a few positions, ultimately not getting points. But that move on Albon, uh, it was not Lando, um, because you know, the commentators just kept getting it wrong um yeah that move on album was great ahead of Leclerc who locked up during the incident yeah well they're, they're, you can I can sometimes excuse the commentators but they, they do have different helmets and Norris was way up the road at that point so it definitely was Oscar Piastri and it was it was a nice nice move so um uh it's, it's good to see Oscar getting these these moments to shine I've not seen him necessarily do badly this season but I haven't been as impressed as I hoped I would be but I think that's down to the fact that the car hasn't been as strong as we'd, we'd hope but this was an opportunity for him to shine to go out and show look tricky conditions got to go out and make slicks work big pressure rookie driver a mistake looks very bad so the fact that he's jumped up the order he's finished ahead of Ferrari let's not forget that so he's beaten Charles Leclerc and also that move on Alex Albon, who uh, must be terrified of any car coming down the inside of him at turn four in Austria. So, yeah, lovely move. It, it shows that all the, the right ingredients are there for him to become a very high-performing Formula One driver. It's just about putting it all together now. And this is all, again, a learning experience, wet track, changing conditions. So lots to learn for Piastri. And he's passed this sort of mini test, which is really pleasing. Definitely. And he's finished ahead of the driver who uh, impeded him and got a P, well, a three-post grid penalty, Louis. Um, Charles Leclerc, tell me about Leclerc's race because he was constantly in a fight with um, one McLaren. And then he's finished the race several laps down from that McLaren because of obviously boxing for slicks. But it, he just couldn't get the pace at the end, could he? Just had no grip. Um it was really odd to see from Leclerc because he was going really well. Um, he was kind of stuck behind Ocon. He was trying to make, you know, moves here, there and everywhere. We saw some amazing racing from uh, from Ocon and Leclerc. And it, it just switched to those, um, to the slick tyres and just couldn't, I, I don't know what it is with that Ferrari and just in those changeable conditions, but just couldn't seem to make it count where other drivers like in the Mercedes um, and even you know, other drivers like uh, Nico Hulkenberg or Oscar Piastri could just switch on those tyres, make them work, get good grip. And he was locking up. He, he was having big moments. He just did not look comfortable in that car whatsoever. And it's slightly worrying for Ferrari, uh, for one, if this is their, you know, race pace on these tyres is just not good. But... Yeah, it was, a, it was a tricky one for Leclerc. And I think he'll be um, slightly puzzled as to just why that Ferrari just wasn't working because it definitely cost him a shot at at least a point. Um, 
because realistically, he really should have been finishing, you know, somewhere around where the two Mercs were. But P12, he he really won't be happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Especially considering how strong that Ferrari has appeared to be at this circuit this weekend. Aaron, just behind him then, Alex Albon um, survived turn four, even if it did cost him a few positions throughout the sprint race. He was the victim of the commentator's curse because there he is running very happily in seventh place, doing a wonderful job, keeping everybody behind him again, everyone getting a good look at the, the Kraken sponsor on the back of the rear wing. And then Crofty goes and says, Williams have never scored points in a sprint before. And he plummets to 13th. So nice one, Crofty. You put the curse on him. Uh, but, but until that, Albon was doing a, a stellar job. He's really driving at, I think, the, the top of his level that we've seen so far. He's getting the very most out of the, the Williams. What Albon needs to take his game on now is a chance again in a top team. And I would probably say that shouldn't be Red Bull. I would say he needs to go to, well, maybe a Ferrari or an Aston Martin to do that sort of renaissance of his career and and really test himself at the front again because we're seeing these giant killing performances. And James Vowles has been full of praise for him. And he almost pulled off another one today. He starts in the, in the top half of the grid again tomorrow, I believe. So there's a chance for more points. He's doing a great job. And, you know, unfortunate today that he, he fell out of the points. But let's not let that take away from what was a very good drive from, from Alex again and I think he's he's ready to take that that step back into a top four, top four top performing team. Louis, before I ask you about Kevin Magnussen, if Alex Albon was to go to another team, where do you think he should go? Because <laughs> you did not uh, agree Bull. that Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it definitely shouldn't. It definitely should not go to Red Bull. I think that second seat is just like the worst seat on the grid. I wouldn't even wish that on my worst enemy, Lewis Hamilton. Um, <laughs> But uh, um, I just I don't know. But I think Aaron made some good points there. You know, he's got to be there. You know, at a Ferrari or an Aston Martin. I think Aston Martin is probably a tad more likely. Um, but yeah, that's exactly where I would I would stick Alex Albon. I think that's a, a place where he can thrive. I think we're kind of seeing that with Gasly at the moment with Alpine. He's, you know, he's been slow to the punch at times, but he's, you know, slowly getting there uh, with his Alpine and just getting out of that Red Bull system. It's probably just for the best for Albon at the moment. And who knows if James Viles continues his, um, his good work at Williams, we may see Williams just be a more, more competitive team. And if he heads it, we can start seeing a lot more great drives from Albon as, as the years go on. Yeah, definitely a um, McLaren, not McLaren, a Williams, you know, going back towards the front of the grid, which is sort of where they were when they could just get away with relying on how powerful that Mercedes power unit was 2014, 2015. Um, So Kevin Magnussen then, um, you know, was holding up the two Mercedes for quite a few laps. As soon as they got past him, though, he was five seconds off um, and ultimately finished, I think it was... Um, about 10 seconds, yeah, 10 seconds off Lewis Hamilton. Um, just classic has performance needed to be further up the grid to maximize anything from that. 
Yeah, I think his his case was very similar to what happened with Hulkenberg, just at a different you know part of the field. Um, he was going well. He had the grip, made an amazing move on George Russell. I think um, definitely one of the moves of his career. And yeah, it was just his tires started to go. He put him onto the softs, and he just couldn't replicate the pace that we were seeing in the wet. You know, the wet is considered the great equalizer amongst cars, and. And uh, we were definitely seeing that from both of the Haas um, cars. But at the end, you know, the penny's got to drop at some point, And the Haas certainly did drop uh, in in terms of both drivers. But I think Magnussen did all he could today. I think he just ultimately his car was the one to let him down. And, and the reason why he's finished all the way down in 14th. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron, Pierre Gasly, the... Um, sticking with the Inters did not work for him really there, did it? No, he he struggled in comparison to his teammate Ocon this morning in qualifying, only qualifying 12th, and then just seemed to have no pace in the race. I don't really remember seeing Gasly at all. <laughs> it was like he didn't exist in this race, um, but he did, and he finished in like the minor positions, so... Uh, um, yeah, he'll be looking forward to tomorrow where he starts P9 and ready to, to try and grab some points. But if today's anything to go by, changeable conditions, he just seems to lack a bit of, of long-term pace. And yeah, I mean, it might just be one of those weekends where he's not quite got that little bit, little bit of extra speed compared to Ocon. And Ocon tends to go well around, around Austria, so uh, that's not too... Too bad for, for Gasly, but he'll be looking forward to tomorrow and a chance to score some points. Definitely. Louis, the two Alpha Tauris who the name has been obviously in the news a lot this week about, you know, how it's not going to be Alpha Tauri next season, but finishing basically back to back on the sprint race, like this is prob that probably hints that that was the best that Alpha Tauri were going to get today. Yeah. I I think they probably should have gambled a lot earlier um, in the race. He really should have. Um, well, both drivers really with the free sound Sonoda, you know, they were kind of in that meddling positions, you know, they were actually ahead of, uh, you know, Oscar Piastri and look where Oscar Piastri, you know, ended up when he pitted for a set of soft tires. I think it was um, a little bit foolish uh, to stay out um, on this instance, especially when you got towards the back at the moment i don't think really think a name change is gonna do much to change that um but yeah it's just not a it's not a great look i mean defreeze will be happy that he's not last i guess but he was kind of gifted that when a uh, bottas and alfa romeo kind of made that slightly moronic move to stick him on a set of mediums uh <laughs> for the start um but yeah what can you say they've got you know, better grid positions tomorrow. I don't think they're really going to do much with it. I'll be completely honest. Um, it's just debris and Spinoza. Yeah, I mean, it certainly hasn't been the best advertisement for any protect potential, you know, new name sponsors that have been being talked to this weekend at the, you know, home Grand Prix of the parent team. Um, but sandwiched between the Alpha Tauris and the Alpha Romeos, 
Logan Sargent, Aaron, um, uh, just unfortunate weekend so far. And in that, I believe, non-upgraded at Williams, just not on the pace, unfortunately. I think the key point there is the not upgraded Williams because Albon's showing that the, the upgraded package is capable and Sargent is still learning so that we have to take that into consideration. And obviously, because the Williams is such a track-specific car, it's very unique in the way it needs to be, in the way it accesses its, its potential, the low drag, the efficient aero, but lacking downforce. It's like the very best of the Red Bull without the very best bit, if that makes sense. So it's going to be a bit tricky to drive in some parts, but he's done a decent job. He's tidied up his act in the last few weeks. He's not like spinning off all the time um, like other Formula 2 drivers who have come up and been you know, completely out of their depth in their first season. So he's doing a decent job. He finished ahead of both Alfa Romeos today, and that was you know, considering intermediates and changes of conditions. But it is slightly disappointing to see him so far behind Albon. But you know, we've got to factor in that he's still a rookie. He's still learning. He's nine races in now. So, you know, one, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a, unless he's like a Lewis Hamilton type or Max Verstappen, where you're going to put him in the car and he just goes like a rocket ship. They're very few and far between. So for Logan, it's going to be a long game. Make sure he's learning. And this is all sort of going in those data banks. So don't, don't worry too much about Logan just yet. Yeah, definitely. Louis, uh, Zhou Guan Yu then, P19, in the middle, like, Four seconds behind Sargent, six seconds ahead of his teammate. Um, did box for the softs in the end, so Alfa Romeo at least got that part right. Yeah, uh, not a lot much else to be completely honest. Alfa Romeo have uh, pretty much been in an absolute car crash. I think the only thing they haven't really done is actually crash this weekend. I mean, Bottas has had a spin. He's then also had an absolute nightmare in terms of his tyre choice for the start of the race. And they've both been slow as as whatever. It's just like, it's just not working at that team. You know, whether, you know, we are seeing just how much Fred Vassell was absolutely keeping that team together. Um, and maybe, but um, the system that they have in place right now is just not working, whether they have just given up entirely and just waiting for Audi to come in. But do they really want to put up, you know, two years more of this? Um, I don't think so. I don't think Alfa Romeo are too happy that in their final season with the team that they are being just absolutely blown away by the rest of the field. It's it's really not a good luck. Um but you know what? What can the drivers do? Clearly, very little. The car is not great. The team just don't seem to be very good. And yeah, they finished almost a lap down in a sprint race. Yeah, that would have been something as well, considering that one of those drivers was, of course, on the quicker tire at the time. Um, Aaron then. What were you think? What what was going through your head when you saw Valtteri Bottas on the slick tires at the start of this race? And why on earth did they choose to keep him on the inters then at the end? Uh, well, at the start, it was a very bold decision, but it, it wasn't like until you got round to the middle middle of the lap that you realised just how wet it was. Um, 
I mean, it was worth from nineteen hundred quid. It's worth just sticking a set on it. I don't know why they didn't put softs on it because I'm sure they'd have had enough sets to to get a set of softs on it. But anyway, let, let let's fathom the way that Italian teams make strategy decisions. Um, yeah, and then again, not not switching to the slicks when it was drying out. Just you know, a day late and a dollar short to use a a Martin Brundle phrase. So. They just remained slower than a slow thing. Slower than a slow thing. Absolutely. Um, so obviously that's everyone who's um, finished the sprint race. It was a race of everyone finishing, actually. Um, Louis, uh, your driver of the day then, please, for the sprint race. Um, I'm just going to sort of go based on the sort of like the second half of the... Um... Second half of the race, I'm I'm going to give my driver of the day to um, Oscar Piastri. Even though he finished 11th, he made some fantastic moves, really pulled his race together as soon as he got onto those um, slick tyres. And, you know, just why people rate him so highly. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Certainly one of the contenders for driver of the day and very valid reasoning as well. Aaron, your driver of the day, please. Uh, can't look any further than Max Verstappen, can you really? He finished 20 seconds ahead of everybody else in a 24-lap race. <laughs> so, let, let I don't think you can go much further than that. I mean, you could go with George Russell. I was going to go with Lance Stroll just to annoy Louis, simply because he kept Fernando Alonso behind him. <laughs> but I'll go with Verstappen. So Oscar Verstappen, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to George Russell myself just because you know like the moves that were being made. Um, I won't give it to Lance Stroll at the very least. Go on, Louis. You look like you want to say something. The Mercedes just bias there is unreal. I, I ignore the fact that I chose a McLaren driver, but seriously, Russell. what color are your walls, <laughs> Louis? Uh, Verstappen orange, and I didn't choose him. So. <laughs> not papaya then um <laughs> uh, cool so tomorrow obviously we'll be back for the um actual race review um right now then uh obviously louis where can people find more from you if they want to find more um you can find me in many uh many an episode of uh of grid talk um but uh, if you want to uh, follow uh, me, it's at Edwards underscore L underscore G. Let's uh, change my Twitter handle because I got banned off Twitter for like no reason. Um, but yes, uh, if you want to see sort of my opinions on some of the stuff that happens, yeah, that is <laughs> that is where you can find me probably best. Yeah, and Aaron, where can people hear more from you if they would like to? Uh, so you can find more from me on the YouTube channel, AHGP. Uh, so I share my opinions uh, after the races. I do some wild and wacky predictions. I do some live streams. You can also find me on Twitter at AHGP, I think, or AH Grand Prix. And on uh, my my personal Twitter is Aaron Harper 41 
Yeah, and if you want to hear any more from me, you can find me on the socials at Rubes, R-U-U-B-E-Z, put 001 on Instagram. And as I said at the start of the show, you can find Grid Talk on all of the socials at Grid Talk UK. Um, remember, we are going to be doing a watch along and a live recording of the podcast in Manchester tomorrow. Lights out at 2 p.m. when the race starts. Um, but Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live, as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, and Pocket Casts. Just search Formula on Grid Talk for our back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to the qualifying and the race results. Consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights, and better recording equipment. And also make sure you subscribe when you're the first to know when each new episode is released. We'll be back tomorrow with our review of the Austrian Grand Prix race. Thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Bet Online, and goodbye. <laughs>